The Secrets of Doctor Who is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series, Doctor Who. And today we're discussing our 300th episode, and we'll be ranking the companions. We'll talk about that in a second. But first, I'm Don Bettinelli, and joining me today on the panel are Jimmy Aiken. Hey, Jimmy. So we're discussing our 300th episode, and it is our 300th episode. That's kind of recursively meta, dude. It is. We'll talk about yeah. that, why that. Why we're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and Father Corey Stika. Hey, Father Corey. I guess I'm about as confused, but that's all right. Now, how's it going, Dom? <laughs> well, 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 yes. Yeah. So, well, I'll explain in a second. But first, folks, be sure to, if you can, uh, you know, we really appreciate it when you do. Go to Apple Podcasts and write a review of the show. You know, we've been around for 300 episodes, but we still need more reviews. That really helps us. Uh, writing a review uh, whenever you do it, however old the show is, really makes a difference for that show. It really does. Uh, and also, of course, when you share the podcast with your friends and help us grow our community, reach more listeners. Uh, I want to tell you about another show on the network you are sure to enjoy called The Catholics of Oz. You can find that wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Oz. That's O-Z. Uh, so, yes, I mentioned this is our 300th episode, and uh, our first episode was released on September 2nd, 2014. So wow. we've been doing this for over eight years. Uh, and as we record this, we're right around that date. Uh, you'll, you'll be listening to this a little after that. But, uh, yeah, that, and our first episode was on the very first 12th Doctor story, Deep Breath. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so we've been at it for a while. Uh, so in, in previous special episodes i think it was uh the the 150th and the 200th episodes i think we did uh we we ranked doctors so we did our you mm -hmm. know listing of the 13 doctors and ranked them uh and then we also on an, in the other one we gave lists of our essential doctor who stories so those that would be essential for understanding uh you know the the, the whole doctor who uh phenomenon uh, but this time we are talking about companions. And so we should start with the primary question. What is a companion? You know, who do we include in that definition? So what do you guys think of what is a companion for doc in Doctor Who? Well, um, originally they weren't called companions. Uh, they kind of, in, in the early decades of New Who, they tended to go with a kind of laboratory model you know, where you have a doctor who has assistants. Mm. And so um, so what today we would call the companions were often referred to as the doctor's assistants. And that was particularly true, I think, in the John Pertwee era, mm -hmm. where it was more like a doctor in a laboratory and then he had assistants. But with the doctor traveling these days, they're not really assistants, although they do often assist him. And so they're people who who are like traditional travel companions. Back in the day, you know, you would have wealthy people who would travel the world and they would often have companions who would go with them and sometimes do minor tasks for them and things like that. And it's it's kind of like that. There's not a single unanimous 
definition that everybody agrees on for what a companion is. These days, a common definition is you get you you have at least one ride with the doctor in the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. So you accompany him to some other location in space or time. Mm-hmm. And and that qualifies you as a companion. But by that definition, there are a lot of people who would count as companions, even though they're very minor figures mm-hmm. in the course of the series. There also are, like, for example, um, in the 10th Doctor finale, Planet of the Dead, um, Everybody on that space bus or everybody on that bus <laughs> would have been a companion because they got a ride on the TARDIS. Right. Um, so something more than that seems to be needed. There also are companions who never really get or people who, who play the role of a companion who never really get a ride on the TARDIS. Like Lady oh, Astrid Path. In the mm-hmm. in Voyage of the Damned, mm-hmm. yeah, the another 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 Christmas special from David Tennant, or another special from David Tennant. She's on the space Titanic, but she never gets a TARDIS ride. Mm-hmm. But she's she's often classified as a companion, despite that. So there's kind of fuzzy boundaries. Um, what I did for my classification of the companions, which may differ from y'all's, mm-hmm. is I took people who were intended to be regular traveling companions whether or not they were you know i didn't count because there's there's like one notable case of someone who was meant to be a regular traveling companion who who then ended up being written out very quickly because they didn't think the character was working and that was the first doctor's companion katarina mm-hmm. so i would say she does count as a companion because she was intended to be ongoing um on the other hand there are other characters who who are often classified as companions that I didn't include partly because just for space reasons, you know, like, because there were a lot of people who got one ride on the TARDIS, Mm -hmm. like Wilfred Mott. You know, I think Wilfred Mott is a great guy. I'm happy to include him on a list of companions, but he was never an on and was never meant to be an ongoing companion. Right. And so, so I didn't count like Wilfred or Craig from, from, closing time as companions he was just an, a british earth father of a baby called stormageddon and he was never intended he did did get a ride in a tardis he was a very popular character people liked him i liked him um i liked the first episode he was in better than the second but he was never intended to be ongoing mm-hmm. yeah so so i'm i'm c- counting more for our purposes this episode i'm counting more ongoing companions right rather than people who got a single ride. Father Corey, what about you? How, how expansive was your definition? Um, you know, one thing I'd heard once about companions is that they are really intended to be the stand-in for the viewer. Mm-hmm. That yep. they are mm. they're meant to be us if we were able to ride with the Doctor, if we were able to go on the TARDIS. And yes, you know, having a ride in the, the, the TARDIS was an essential element. Um, like, you know, for example... If I remember correctly, Kate Stewart never actually wrote in the TARDIS yet. I mean, they could still write yeah. her in to do that. Right. Yeah. And so this list that we have that we use to, to, or this site that we use to set up our lists had her shown as a possible companion. Well, but she never mm-hmm. wrote in the TARDIS. So there has to be that kind of element. Like you said, Jimmy, you know, being able to, or, you know, having that where you've ridden with the doctor, you, you know, you're meant to go on. She's a great supporting character. 
She's mm-hmm. you know an important supporting character, but she's not a companion in kind of the tr- what as I understand the traditional sense. I would agree. Yeah. See, I think I I took a little bit more expansive view, which is mm-hmm. uh, and a little more nebulous, I guess. But uh, do they play a substantial role role in advancing the Doctor's aims? Uh, in one or more episodes, and and so I I guess that's sort of a very subjective understanding. But you know, so so is Davros the seventh Doctor's companion? Because in uh, in the Hand of Omega, he advances the Doctor's plans in destroying Ascaro. Mm-hmm. Well, no, because he's clearly the enemy, right? I mean, so they have to be an ally of the Doctor, who's oh, you, okay. you know, that's what oh, it's only the friendly <laughs> companion. Well, yeah. yes, okay. yes, um, and, well. Or, then I- then I would throw or that he cons- there. I was going to say, or that he considers <laughs> a friend like uh, what's his name with the uh, f- the fifth Doctor, the one Turlo. Turlo, yeah. Uh, you know, the, so the Doctor at, at, at first, you know, considers him a friend. So, yeah, I I took a a, a, bro- a slightly broader view, like mm-hmm. even like Lady Christine the, in that the, the 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 on the the bus goes to the desert planet. Um, I would I would have considered her more of a companion. And but not the other people on the bus, just because they 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 didn't play a substantial allyship role. The, I think from the doctor's viewpoint, they weren't substantially a part of. You know, they were. There's some people who are. What's the word? It's not cannon fodder, but sort of just ride-alongs. You know. Yeah, I think you may want to watch that episode again. I think they play a larger role. Yeah. I, um, but Lady Christina is the one that is center centerpieced. Yeah, and is meant to have romantic chemistry with the doctor. I mean, even uh, I guess I, I guess I'm taking a little into account even what mm-hmm. I think of as the writer's intent. You know, right. if the writer is going to you know make a list uh, in the script, who are the companions and who you know who is not. Um, so I, I guess I, t- I, I, I took that, that slightly wider view. But I, mm-hmm. I, it's not that I dispute what you're saying because maybe it is better that if we were to to narrow it down. But when you see our rankings, you'll understand, you know, based on what we've just said, how we've uh, put people in into and, the lists. And one thing to recognize too is this idea of, of companion is not something that's a, a canonical definition within Doctor Who. Yeah. it is yeah. very much subjective. You know, like I said, I took it more of, you know, who are people that. I liked as a you know as a character that they were uh, very much um, you know standing in you know again as the viewer they helped the doctor that you know some you know in some cases I ranked them down because they didn't help the doctor they they mm. were detriment to the doctor and things like that so yeah yeah uh, so before we get to our rankings Jimmy you said you uh, earlier you said you compiled some stats on the doctor's companions. Yeah, because, you know, we've discussed and others have discussed how, like, for a good period in New Who, it's like, could we please have someone who's not a 20th century female from England? Mm. (laughs) Yes. And also there was criticism of Chris Chibnall when he he introduced uh, three companions for the Doctor. And so I thought I'd take a historical look at the... um, at the actual stats of what the showrunners have done before. And so the first thing I have is a look at how the number of companions, of ongoing companions, has changed over time. And, of course, we started out with the first Doctor with three companions, Mm -hmm. Susan, Ian, and Barbara. So three companions was the norm in the beginning. And even when Susan left, they immediately replaced her with Vicky. Mm -hmm. And so it continued to be three companions. 
Then it dropped to two companions. When Ian and Barbara left uh, and returned to Earth, they left behind Vicky, and she was immediately joined by Stephen Taylor. And so we had two companions becoming the new norm. Um, when Vicky left, she was replaced by Katerina. And when Katerina left, she was replaced by Sarah. And when Sarah left, she was replaced by Dodo. Mm-hmm. And so, and throughout that period, we had Stephen as the second companion. Then when Stephen and Dodo left, they were replaced by Ben and Polly. And that wraps out the first Doctor's time. So in the first Doctor's time, it was always either three or two companions. Mm. Then at the beginning of the second Doctor's time, Jamie quickly joined Ben and Polly. Mm-hmm. And we were back to three companions. And then um, when Ben and Polly left, they were replaced by Victoria. So we were now back at two companions. And then when Victoria left, she was replaced by Zoe. Mm -hmm. And so we had Zoe and Jamie for the end of the second Doctor's time when he returned to Gallifrey and they were sent back to their home times. Then with the third Doctor, we begin a new era where he's mostly trapped on Earth and so unit, which had been introduced in the second Doctor's time, becomes a prominent feature of the show. And how you want to count the number of companions <laughs> in his time becomes yep. kind of definitional. Yeah. yeah. From one perspective, and I think this was sort of the writer's perspective, he has only one companion throughout this period. Mm. It's his female assistant. And at first that was Liz Shaw, then it was Joe Grant, then it was Sarah Jane Smith. Mm-hmm. But the unit characters are such a prominent part of the show, and they clearly assist the Doctor. They even get, some of them even get to travel with him in the TARDIS. Yep. But that would be the Brigadier mm-hmm. and Captain Mike Yates and Corporal Benton. Yep. And in some, um, in some versions of, like in the tier ranking system, uh, you know, site we used to, for, to, do, to do our rankings, they were considered companions. And in thinking about it, even though classically they haven't been considered that, I think they really kind of are Mm -hmm. because they were ongoing characters that assisted the Doctor on a regular basis and are in virtually every story Mm. or or even every story. So depending on how you look at it, you could either count the the third Doctor as having one companion or four, which would make him the highest companioned Doctor of them all. Nobody else has four companions at once. Yeah. Um, then, when the fourth Doctor, Tom Baker, comes in, we drop back to two companions who were Sarah Jane from the third Doctor's time and the new character, Harry. Mm-hmm. Harry leaves, and then really for the first time in the show, the Doctor has only one companion, and it's Sarah Jane Smith. And then when Sarah Jane leaves, she's replaced by Leela. Mm-hmm. And we have another one companion period. However, it doesn't last too long because Leela is quickly joined by Canine. Mm-hmm. And even though he's a robot, Canine is considered a companion. Then uh, Leela leaves and she's replaced by Romana One. So we still have two companions Romana One and Canine. Then Romana One is replaced by Romana Two. And we have Romana Two and Canine. We briefly, in a transitional period, go back to three when Adric joins. 
But then very quickly, Romana 2 and K-9 leave, and uh, we stay at 3, though, because Adric is very quickly joined by Nyssa and Tegan. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have at the beginning of the Fifth Doctor's time. Adric is then killed off, fortunately, and we have a two, we're back to two companions, Nyssa and Tegan. Then we get to three, because as when, when, so when Nyssa leaves, she's replaced by Turlo. And, and then there's sort of, uh, so we had, we have Tegan and Turlo as the primary companions, but then there's another one. We're, we're really at three because Chameleon. Mm-hmm. gets added. Chameleon is another robot and we haven't talked about him much yet except in vague hushed tones about what a disaster it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's another Katarina. He was meant to be an ongoing regular companion and th- they quickly concluded he wasn't working. Literally because he was a robot. <laughs> he wasn't working. Yeah. <laughs> And and so he's there but he's kind of in the background. He 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 doesn't appear as an active character in very many stories, even though he is on board the TARDIS. Then at the end of the, of the uh, fifth doctor's time, they clean house. Uh, Nyssa and Turlo leave and Chameleon is killed off mm-hmm. by his own request. And the doctor does the deed. So yes, if you're going to travel with the doctor, be aware he does kill companions. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and then they're all replaced by Perry, and we enter another period of just one. And so she's there for an ad- for like a couple of adventures with the Fifth Doctor, but she's really a Sixth Doctor companion. So it's with the Sixth Doctor we end we enter a prolonged one companion period. At first, the companion is Perry. She's replaced by Mel, who takes us into the into the Seventh Doctor, and then Mel is replaced by Ace who takes us through the end of Classic Who. So through the vast majority of Classic Who, we had two or three companions Mm. all the time. Mm. It was only at the end or for a brief period during Tom Baker that there was just one companion. Uh, In the TV movie uh, with the Eighth Doctor, there's the one companion, Grace. Then when we come back in New Who with the Ninth Doctor, we have Martha just I'm sorry, we have Rose, just one companion, then we have Martha, then we have Donna. Mm-hmm. I might well, this is definitional. Mickey travels with them for several stories. Yeah, I, I I'm not counting Mickey as okay. he would or or Jackie or the, the other or Captain Jack or people okay. like that. Okay. Um I'm there we had one primary companion for each of the Russell T. Davies series. Mm. Okay. And then we had some add ons. Then we got Amy as the uh, as the eleventh Doctor's initial companion. Later, we got back up again to to two or three with Rory and River. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, then with the eleventh Doctor, uh, we drop down. We oh, we have. I should also say we have um, Clara at the end of the uh, of the eleventh Doctor's time, and she's the only traveling companion of the twelfth Doctor. At, I mean, she's the sole one. We're back down to one companion. Um, I don't count the Paternoster gang. They're supporting characters. Then in the, 11, in the 12th Doctor's time, we have Clara as the sole companion for a while. Then we get Nardole as the sole companion for a single episode. And ordinarily, I wouldn't count him because I'm not counting people who are around for, who are around for just one story. But then he's joined by Bill. 
mm-hmm. and we have two companions. Then with the 13th Doctor, we start with three companions, Graham, Ryan, and Yasmin, and then we drop down to two companions, Yasmin and Dan. And so I, I don't think the, the claim that, you know, that um, three companions is too much is accurate. There have been multiple successful times with three companions, including Amy, the Amy Rory River period. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's my look at the number of companions at once. Then getting into the demographics of the companions, uh, by the definition I was using, Classic Who had 32 companions total, and New Who has had 13 mm. total companions. So these are regular, ongoing people who are there for more than one story. Um, of the sexes, because that was one of the things that was, you know, why do we keep getting women from 20, 21st century England? Well, in Classic Who, of the 32 companions, 20 of them were female, so two-thirds. Mm-hmm. However, 10 of them were male, so a third of them were, were male, and then two of them were other, and the others would be Canine and Chameleon, who were both right. robots. Okay. In New Who, there have been no others, um, but eight of the... Uh, Eight of the 13 companions have been female, and five have been male. However, that's a reflection of the Chibnall period. Mm. If you look at the companions who are – because he introduced more male companions. He's given us Graham, Ryan, and, and Dan. Mm. And so if you look at uh, the pre-Chibnall era, the Russell T. Davies and Stephen Moffat era, of the nine companions in that period, seven were female. And only two were male, the two being Rory and Nardole. Mm. So there really was a heavy, heavy skew towards female companions in that period. And in in Russell T. Davies' period, they're all female. There Mm -hmm. are no males. Um, When it comes to species, in Classic Who, of the 32 companions that there were, 24 of them were human. So... Not too unexpected. Eight of them, nicely, were non-human. And the non-humans included three Gallifreyans, Susan, Romana One, and Romana Two. They also included Adric, Nyssa, and Turlo, who were aliens, mm-hmm. as well as Canine and Chameleon, who were robots. In New Who, of the 13 companions, 12 of them are human. There is only one non-human, and that's Nardole. Mm-hmm. Right. When it comes to the home planets of the companions, um, in Classic Who, of the 32 companions, 23 of them were human. I mean, were, sorry, were from Earth, but nine of them were not from Earth. And so that's a nice mix. Um, I understand most of them being from Earth, but there's a nice mix of people who aren't from Earth. The ones who were not from Earth include Zoe and Leela. Mm-hmm. who were both humans, but not from Earth. Zoe grew up on a space station. Leela grew up on another planet, as well as uh, uh, Adric, Nyssa, Turlo, Susan, and the Romanas. C- and c- a Canine also. And then Chameleon is kind of iffy, because we don't really know when Chameleon was created, but he first shows up on Earth. Mm-hmm. So you could you could say the Master built him on Earth. Um, then when it comes to the time period, you know, like, are they all 21st century? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I neglected to do new who new who of the 13 companions, 
12 of them are from Earth. One is not, the one being Nardole. Mm-hmm. River, you could also possibly count as not from Earth, but she's ambiguous. She was born of Earth parents in the TARDIS and are conceived in the TARDIS. So what do you do with that? <laughs> um, and she's definitely human. Then when it comes to the time period they're from, in Classic Who, four of the companions came from the past. And that would be Katarina, uh, Victoria, Jamie, and one more I'm not thinking of. Uh, Then you had 17 from the present and six from the future. Um, And then there were also five who I couldn't classify as coming from the past, present, or future because uh, three of them, Susan and the two Romanas, are Gallifreyan, and we don't know how the Doctor's time period maps onto universal history. And then also Nyssa and Adric, I couldn't classify because they're from a parallel universe. Mm-hmm. So we don't, I don't know how their time matches onto things. In New Who, none have been from the past. Eleven have been, this is of 13, eleven have been from the present. And two have been from the future, if you want to count River and Nardole, because mm-hmm. they, both, they both first appear in the future and River has spent most of her life in the future. Right. Uh, finally, um, the contemporary female from Earth question, where we bundle the demographics together. In Classic Who, out of 20 fem- female companions, only half, 10 of them, were, were c- humans from present-day Earth. And of New Who, of the eight female companions, seven have Mm -hmm. been contemporary present-day Earth females. The only one who's an exception to that is River Song, because she's arguably from the future rather than from present day. Interesting. So the the perception that, man, we had a real run of, uh, of contemporary female Earth companions there is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, particularly none from the past or the future. Nobody really. I mean, Nardole and River kind of being the only exceptions. But in Chris Chibnall's era, to his credit, as much as I dislike a lot of what he does, he has re-diversified the uh, companion pool and at least given us some men, even if he hasn't given us people from other times or planets yet. Well, and then to, to something else you said as well, early, which is that uh, in the modern, in the, in the New Who era, uh, apart from Nardole and River, they're all from the British Isles. You know, they're, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It, whereas in Classic Who, you know, Perry was Perry was American. ostensibly an American. Yeah, <laughs> well, she <laughs> so ruined, ruined it for the rest of us, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and but and so you know, so the people from Earth in in that had a little bit. I mean, it's understandable. It's the BBC, so most of the people will be you know from uh, from the British Isles. But it's still you know, uh, it, would, it would be well. We'll talk about what we're looking for uh, in the future uh, at the end. But you know, that's a, a point to bring up. But that's very interesting to to break it down because I think in the fandom there is a lot of assumptions that we kind of just like oh all the all the companions are this or that or have been and it's so different but you know based on those numbers I mean there are definitely some new who differences mm-hmm. but there but uh, when it comes to like numbers of companions and all that sort of stuff there is not so much difference so I, I kind of I find mm-hmm. that interesting you know and one one thing I think is a stereotype of the female companions. 
at least from classic who is all they are screechers. Their job is to sit there and scream whenever the monster of the week shows up or something like that. And of course, when, as you know, we go through this list, there's gonna be a lot. It's like, no, I mean, some of them were known for that. Some of them were actually hired Mel for, for the fact that she could screech on pitch, but <laughs> uh, many of them aren't. Leela didn't yeah. screech. You know, she definitely was no, not a screech. Leela, the doctor had to restrain Leela repeatedly. Yeah. And Ace. The doctor <laughs> yep. had to restrain Ace repeatedly. From their homicidal tendencies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And there, there, were just, there were just a few of them that were known mostly for being able to scream on, right. on demand. Yeah, that's true. And I have to say, Sarah Jane was actually one of those. Mm. Um, even Joe Grant was more capable in the field than Sarah Jane was. She right. Her personality was different. People might like Sarah Jane's personality more. But Sarah Jane did not have a lot of useful field skills. At least Joe was a trained... I mean, Care, um, Liz Shaw, Joe's predecessor, was yep. a scientist, yep. so she had skills. Joe was an escapologist and a spy. Mm-hmm. And so she had field skills that could assist mm-hmm. the doctor. Sarah Jane's just a reporter. She can ask questions. <laughs> snoop around snoop, she's good at snooping uh so i guess that brings us now to our rankings then and you know what what we how we each you know grade the mm-hmm. companions how we categorize them so we're using a site called tier maker t-i-e-r-m-a-k-e-r uh, tier maker and uh they had a Doctor Who companion rank site. Although I think we all changed the divisions that they had. I think we all mm-hmm. we went from a a system of um, superior and then A B C D F and then uh, I put unsure or unknown at the bottom. That would be especially companions I didn't I haven't seen yet. Yep. Um, and you guys may have done something differently. Now I I, well, I think we all used the same basic structure of superior and then A through F and yeah. then other. Yeah, but yes. we may have cl- used the other category a little differently than each other. Right. So uh, I just want to point out that the this episode is available as a video on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash StarQuest. And you can go there and see the – we're going to put the rankings on screen if you're watching now. Uh, but if you are just listening to the podcast, we'll link to all of these on our website, in our show notes at uh, sqpn.com slash Doctor Who, and you'll find uh, the 300th episode, and uh, you can find the the, the images there as well uh, to, to see this. Uh, so what I'll do is I'll throw mine up on screen first, and I'll, I'll just c- kind of go through it. I'm going to go from the bottom up, and uh, so I have unfamiliar with. That's my... Uh, my ranking for listing for all the ones I was I, I have not yet seen or I just don't really know that well. Um, there are two robots sh- that are that were listed. Um, well, okay, so the ones the the ones you've got at the bottom of your list that's chameleon in your first slot of unfamiliar, mm-hmm. and okay. then handles is a is a Cyberman head that okay. the eleventh Doctor had with him as a joke companion for one story right right so i i wouldn't count handles as an actual companion but feel free to do so <laughs> so and and like i said i've had i use a slightly more expansive uh ranking and so i've included in my rankings above more of the of, of the the companions than than uh the others did uh so um yeah, and Jimmy, you had given you had told me who all of these people are, and I forgot to make yeah. a note that. So, on uh, just to be merciful on your unfamiliar list, <laughs> you, you have Chameleon and Handles, 
then Ben and Polly who were oh. first doctor first doctor companions. Yeah. Zoe, who's a second doctor companion that I don't think you've seen yet except for the war games. Mm-hmm. R- Romana 2, fourth doctor companion. Dodo, first doctor companion. Katarina, first doctor companion. Romana 1, fourth doctor companion who we're about to start watching. Uh Sarah Kingdom, first doctor companion and Stephen uh who is also a first doctor companion. I probably should have put Ben and Polly in my listing, and if I put them in there, I would have ranked them um, average. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just didn't. Re- I haven't seen enough of them that it really triggered for me something. But mm-hmm. um, all right, so so those are my unfamiliar with rankings. Then in fail, a little only one person really ends up in fail <laughs> for me, <laughs> and that's Adric. Um, he just we've talked about it plenty of times. Just he just is the and the ones I've seen him in. Just was not, um, I don't know. Just wasn't good. Uh, and we'll, you, we'll, I'll let you guys talk about that because you're more familiar with him. Uh, below average, there's that one fellow from the 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 uh, tenth doc. I mean, the ninth doctor who traveled in one episode with them on the Dalek thing. That was Adam Mitchell. Yep. Adam Mitchell thing. Uh, I probably should have put him as fail because it just, he was very below average, and the doctor ended up uh, casting him out for being a jerk. Um, <laughs> Bill, I just I never I never warmed to Bill. She had her her hmm. good points, but I I just I kind of rank her below average. Uh, same thing with Mickey. I included him, um, and and also Martha Jones. I just felt like uh, I mean interesting. I, Martha was okay, I guess, but I don't. Know, I just felt like the romance element that they tried to inject into that season just failed, and I don't know why they tried to do this. And I think they realized this isn't working and went with Donna in the in the following season with a definitely not romantic. And I think that that would have been a much better choice because um, to follow on the Rose thing with the Martha thing, just I, I think I think it injured her uh, in a, as a companion. I, I think it could injure her as a companion, but I think they did it deliberately. I think the strategy was planned of we're going to have the romance with Rose and then we're going to have the doctor – oblivious to the romantic interests of the next companion. And I think you can argue it. They played it in such a way that it ended up, ended up hurting the character of Martha, but I like the way it ends because she is an agent and Mm -hmm. she is self-actualized. And at the end she says, this is me getting out. You know, I'm not going to pine over you forever. Good. You know, I've, I've enjoyed my time with you. I'm going to care for my family now and see you later. I am Mm self-possessed. Yep. And then when we see her at the end of the the Tenth Doctor's time, when we get that, you know, he revisits his companions, we see that she is really taking possession of her own, you know, destiny and that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, I give her, I give her that. Um, Turlo, I've only seen him in two stories so far, and I've disliked him in both. I do not like him. Uh, Perry, Perry has her good points, I suppose, but I just find her screechy. I just, just sort of naggy screechy, and I just really dislike that. Um, I don't really. I've got Captain Jack in mind, uh, my listing as below average. Um, I know that you know you guys might not include him, but I just found Captain. I found him a little grating at times. Um, it's the, the 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 way they built the character for obvious reasons. I think that might maybe that might be obvious. Maybe they won't be, but um, his his over the top. Like um, I'm trying to find the nice word. Everything. Yeah. Yes. Uh, 
his interpersonal uh, uh, passion, put it that way, uh, he just was too too strong, came out too strong, and I think that was it. I also kind of felt like the the Eighth Doctor's companion, uh, Grace, was it? Mm-hmm. Grace, yeah, Grace, um, didn't make a big impression on me in the Eighth Doctor story. Um, I just not like any of the other companions, so I, I didn't have a bit. Uh, and Captain Yates, I just didn't feel like he was in enough. Uh, with the third doctor, at least the third doctor I've seen so far, that to really make a, a positive impression on me. So he he will make an impression when he goes. Oh yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and again, that's the the interesting part of this is uh, this is based on what I've seen so far of Classic Who. Mm-hmm. For, so obviously, average is a very large category for me, and I think some of this might be controversial. So we'll we'll go through. Dan, I find his average. He's been okay. Uh, that was that's the thirteenth Doctor one. Uh, Barbara, I also count, found kind of average, although Ian does not fall in this category. But and just I just found um, I like Barbara at times, but I didn't feel like she excelled. Put it that way. Uh, same thing with K nine. I think K nine is kind of a a funny little device. I didn't feel like it. He was superior. Uh, you know that he, he excelled at much. Uh, Mel. Um, Liz Shaw, I really liked Liz. She just didn't get enough time on with the with the third doctor. I really feel like if she'd been given more time, she would have been a much better companion. Um and Harry Sullivan the same way. He just didn't get enough time to really be, to become anything more than uh than about average. Um I man, I'm really testing my memory with the with these. I should have Kate given Kate Stewart. Kate Stewart. Um I like Kate she was she was a marginal you know on the on the border of actually being a companion i and i get that um but i really liked kate stewart in the in the in the stories we saw her in um the same thing with the pattern astra gang all of them uh except for strax who i just i i really like strax <laughs> he's hysterical <laughs> but uh the pattern astra gang again marginally companions um i like nissa and tegan um, I felt like Nissa was made to be a little too flat mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's until the very last story, where she finally got something that she could uh, emote about. Uh, but I felt like she was flat. Uh, whereas Tegan, I liked, but she was at over the top at times. And this, her, her sort of coming and going thing was a little annoying. Um, I like so what I've seen so far of Vicky, uh, but we'll, we'll have to see uh, how she develops uh going forward um yes i'd say average there there are elements of that character that they've developed that i really kind of dislike which we've made clear um but i kind of like the fact that she's got some agency and she's she's a strong character um the uh susan as the doctor's family is very interesting but they played her really young and really kind of i don't know i just I, I, she didn't really make a huge impression uh, in their time there, uh, Benton. I kind of like Benton. I think he, if he had more time uh, w- that I've seen him in, he might rank a little higher because there's something about Benton that I kind of like. Uh, Rose, I felt as the first companion in the New Who era, she gets a little extra, but I just she only got the really the one season and then a few really appearances here and there. Um, she got two. I mean, she had the ninth Doctor's only season and then the tenth Doctor's first season. I'm sorry, right, right, right. That's that's what it was. Yeah, um, I don't know why I was thinking that. Um, the but I just felt like the whole the the Doctor's my boyfriend thing with her. She really launched that, and I just felt like it was 
uh, it really kind of knocked her down a bit. Um, Ryan, uh, there were things I liked about Ryan, uh, mostly having to do with Graham, but there was other aspects of Ryan that I just, again, I found kind of um, lacking. And uh, Victoria, she was fine. I think part of the problem is, is I've only ever seen her, either heard her basically in the audio books or seen the animation. So I've never actually seen the actress on screen playing her. So it didn't make a huge impression. All right. Uh, above average. Uh, I, I wrote the, the uh, Brigadier. Love the Brigadier. Um, but he's not truly a companion companion. But uh, I love the Brigadier. I like Ace. Um, I like uh, Leela. Nardole, um, Osgood. Osgood. Mm -hmm. I really, yeah. I, Osgood would rank higher if Osgood had more time and didn't have that awful ending that really bugged me. That the mm -hmm. way they did that. Um, Joe Grant and Strax, because Strax is just funny. Uh, in my excellent category, I have Rory, Amy, Wilf. I, I, I will fight to the death to have Wilf in this ranking, <laughs> uh, but that's, that's just me. Um, because I love Wilf. Um, River. Sarah Jane, Graham, and Ian. Uh, so really, and in fact, it's interesting. I have a, you know half male, half female, and a good smattering of uh, you know a couple from Classic Who, which is uh, interesting. And then Superior, my favorites, and I know this is again going to be uh, different from from you guys. Um, I have Donna, Clara, and Jamie. Those I rank them as my uh, superior. Um, I think Clara, I know, is controversial. But there are elements to Clara's character that I really enjoy and that are especially because she she challenged the doctor at times. And I think the same thing with Donna challenged the doctor, didn't just you know, follow in his wake. Um, I didn't like Clara's ending. Uh, because, you know, Moffat mm -hmm. can't kill anyone. But uh, I think in general, at her time, I think she she added something to the stories. And that's I think the same with Donna and Jamie that no that none of the other. Uh, companions did in the same way. Mm -hmm. So that's my that's, listing. That's great. And, you know, everybody has a right to their opinion and everybody <laughs> has a right to be wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So uh, so that's my ranking. Do uh, if, if there's no other comment on mine, uh, we can go on to Father Corey, but if you get something to add to I'd, that. I'd have just a brief comment. Um, you So you split Ian and Barbara. Yeah, and when we get to mine, you'll see I didn't. But if mm -hmm. I did, I would have made the same split. Mm -hmm. I think that Ian pops more as a companion than Barbara does. I, I yeah. agree as well. Okay, good. All right, so that is uh, that is mine. And uh, why don't we go to Father Corey's next? So, Father Corey, here you are. You're on the hot seat. Uh, okay. Why don't you tell us about your listing? So, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm I'm going to do kind of like Dom. I'm going to start with those I'm not familiar with, but then I'm going to start at the top and come down. And so Ooh. I'm going to jump to the bottom and then go back to the top. Um, and most of these on, on the ones that I'm unfamiliar with are early companions. As you can see, uh, you know, they're, they're still in black and white. They're early, you know, they're first doctor companions. I'm really not familiar with second doctor companions. I'm not really familiar with, you know, so first we've got Dodo, uh, Sarah Kingdom, Katarina, Stephen Taylor, although I'm a little more familiar with Stephen Taylor. And actually we did see him very, very briefly recently. Uh, we'll see much more of him coming up. Uh, but these are all first doctor companions. I haven't seen Coursera kingdom Katarina mostly play into the Daleks master plan, uh, which no one's seen in many, many years. Cause it's been missing. Um, Zoe Harriet was the last of the, the second doctor companions, uh, to come on and really don't know a lot about her other than war games again. So, uh, not much there. Grace Holloway, because she was only in the movie 
she really wasn't developed as a companion. She could be considered a technical companion because she did ride in the TARDIS and did work with the doctor, but she's kind of right on that borderline. She got in the TARDIS. I don't know that she technically rode in it. Yeah. I can't remember. I think they might've traveled in it, but I can't remember. It's been a while since we've seen the movie. So, uh, since I've seen the movie, so handles, not, not even a companion. That's, that's just, that was just a gag. That was just a gag from time of the doctor. I, I, the only reason why he's on here is because whoever created this list originally added him. Uh, Kate Stewart and Osgood, very good characters. Love them. Those characters they are important side characters. I don't really consider them companions either. So uh, important characters again for the series, but not, not ones that I enjoyed. I was a little more generous with the S tier than, than Dom was. Um, of course, Jamie, you know, gotta mm-hmm. love Jamie. I mean, he, he really was, a great character. He could stand up to the doctor. He was kind of, you know, kind of an action hero a little bit. He was very much a foil to the doctor. The doctor kind of get full of himself and Jamie would kind of pop his bubble a little bit sometimes, make a little smart comment that would kind of take him down a tier or two. So I really enjoyed Jamie. Leela, kind of similar. Uh, she was very much the action hero. I mean, she was, of course, you know, we talked about it, like the doctor actually would have to restrain her because she was ready to start throwing knives at, you know, moment's notice. Um, or Janice Thorns. Yeah, or Janice Thorns <laughs> or something. But she was more intelligent than her, pre- her primitive appearance would suggest. You know, she looked like she was the stupid primitive, but there'd be times where she'd kind of confound the doctor a little bit because she knew more than, than he really thought, or she was intelligent enough, could pick things up quicker than he really thought. Ace I loved, and part of this is emotional is because, of course, Ace came out kind of as I was getting into my teenage years, and she was, again, you know, about that age, a little older than me, and again, kind of action. She was self-sufficient. She would push against the doctor, you know, so a little bit more emotional, but I just, I, I really always liked Ace. I think she's, she's one of my, very much my favorite companions. Donna, I mean, Donna. She's, she's <laughs> funny. She played well off the doctor. She was fun. She, again, a little... Not maybe not self sufficient, but you know she uh, kind of really came into her own. Uh, another one, one of those companions I really didn't like how they ended up with that character, but for most of it, she was just an amazing, amazing companion. Uh, Rory, I would say Rory is probably the most faithful companion to the Doctor and faithful to Amy. Uh, he became extremely confident as a character, even you know even starting out as this goofball, ridiculous person, became really confident, but without becoming a junior Doctor. You know, so many companions become Dr. Junior and Rory really didn't, he didn't try to be, he became just this confident, really warrior almost, uh, well, he was, he was a, a soldier and then river song, um, you know, river song, another one of those where she could deflate the doctor's ego. He'd get kind of full of himself and she'd, Oh, oh darling, knock it off, you know, and just kind of deflate him, turn the tables on him. She was an equal to the doctor, obviously very much so. Um, and it was, she was just a lot of fun. Getting into my eight tier, I grouped Ian, Barbara, and Susan, although obviously they don't spend their whole time together. And yeah, Susan, I would put much lower on her own if she was just a single companion. Uh, uh, Barbara would probably put about C tier as well uh, if she was on her own. But the three of them together worked really well. And of course, Ian and Barbara, for the time that they were with the doctor, were, were a great pair. Ian was the kind of the strongest of the three, but all three of them working together and the two of them working together were, were a great team of companions uh sarah jane i mean she 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 was loved and much much of it was her personality uh because she would stand up to the doctor she'd give him guff when he was you know trying to be uh trying to be full of himself you know there's that scene pyramids of mars where you know he's 
He's talking about, you know, I walk in time and I'm 750 years old. Oh, then you're half eight, you're middle age then, you know, and just kind of, <laughs> he's being all moody and brooding. And he, she's just like, oh, you're, you're middle age then. Yes. You know, in that same sequence, he's also like, you don't understand Sarah Jane. I'm a time Lord. I walk in eternity. And she's like, oh, I know. Yeah. She just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, she was so good at like, he, he would try to be full of himself. She's like, I'm not playing that. No, we're, we're not going there. Uh, she did have kind of sometime she needed help or, you know, she would be uh, uh, seemingly helpless, but then she would push beyond limits. You know, how many times does she say, I can't take much more of this and then have to push just a little bit further. And, you know, and, and, and that, that's, I mean, that's obviously a quality a companion needs is to be able to push a little bit further. Uh, obviously, new who takes that to the extreme, but Sarah Jane could kind of go past. You know, Rose is one of those, the reason why she's at A tier is she really kind of reestablished what a companion was, but in a good way as her character developed. Because, yeah, she started out kind of as the dingy uh, teenager who kind of became Doctor's My Boyfriend, but she again, developed into a much stronger character as time went on. Martha, I, I think she had a lot of potential as they show again, as you mentioned, Dom, at the last, her last scene at the, uh, the end of the 12th, the, the 11th or 10th doctor, I'll get to it. The 10th doctor scene. <laughs> um, she had a lot of potential that I think they could have developed if they had given her another season, um, but they didn't. And so I, I gave her an A only because I think she really did have the potential to be up there. And then Amy, you know, Amy is one of those, I'm not as big a fan of Amy as others might be, but I still think she's an A-tier companion. She had a lot of up and downs. She still persevered. Um, it just, yeah, I mean, I, I, I liked her as a character. I just didn't like her as much as I think others might have. Um, going to my B-tier, and I'm, I'm not going to be quite as, as we go from this point on, I'm not going to be quite as expressive about each character because that's going to take way too long. But we've got Vicky. She's one that I've kind of rediscovered as we've been watching the first Doctor, and I've really kind of enjoyed her uh, as a character, again, because she can kind of stand to the Doctor. The Brigadier. I mean, I, I love the Brigadier. I've always loved the Brigadier. The Brigadier is just an awesome character because he doesn't put up with the Doctor stuff. He's just kind of like, okay, whatever. Can I shoot it? You know, <laughs> you know he's just like, uh, five rounds rapid, let's go. Uh, Sergeant, yeah, Sar Sergeant Benton, you know, Corporal Benton, then Sergeant Benton. He's just kind of down to earth. And I, I like him partially because he is an enlisted guy. And of course I was in the air force. I was enlisted and he's just kind of, Oh wow. He walks to the TARDIS. Oh wow. Okay. This is impressive. Let's go. You know, <laughs> yeah. he's, he he's, also, he also gets the line when someone points out to him that it's bigger on the inside. It's like, I, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, K9, K9, this is another kind of emotional one because I grew up watching K9, you know, the fourth doctor in K9. And of course, as a kid, you know, oh, cool, I want a robot dog too. But, you know, and K9's big weakness, of course, like, you know, our cell phones is his battery dies when you need him the most, you know, so he prefigures modern day technology of, of yeah, the battery dies when you need it. Romana too, I enjoyed. Um, she was, uh, you know, a really good character. Uh, and of course, you know, for those who don't know, there, there weren't two Romanas. There was a regeneration of Romana. So it's, you know, it's like two, you know, there's different doctors. Well, there's different Romanas because of regeneration. And I, Romana yeah. two was the stronger of the two. Um, she was, Romana one was a little more um, by the book, by the rules. And Romana two was a little more free flowing. That's why Romana two, Romana one got ranked lower. Yeah. Romana two. And, and I like Romana one. Romana yeah. two was actively copying Tom Baker's doctor. Yeah to the point that she would even wear a long scarf. It was just a pink one. Yeah. Yep. 
yeah. So Silvermon too was kind of a fun character. Nissa, of course, she's you know very very you know intelligent, very you know self assured character, and you know could it sometimes be almost an equal to the Doctor. Wilf, I mean, just I just loved Wilf, and he, you know again he's one of those characters kind of developed into his own. And then finally, Graham. I think of the the 13th Doctor companions, Graham was the strongest. Uh, by, going, far. by far. By yeah. far, yeah. Going to C tier, we have Ben and Polly. I grouped them together because they really played off each other. They were really kind of a fun fun group. She gets so frustrated when he, we would call her Duchess, you know, and it was so much fun. Victoria was, was, was a good character. I mean, she was kind of more of a screecher, and she was younger, but she was, I, I liked her. Captain Yates, and, and you know, until he, he turned evil, he was a good character. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> spoilers, sweetie. Yeah. Oh no, this, this is this is a spoilers time. This this is completely spoilers time here. Yes. Uh Liz Shy, I liked, you know, again, as kind of an equal to the doctor. And unfortunately, that's why he, she got replaced with Joe Grant, who was a good character, yeah. but I think Liz Shaw was a was a better character of the two. Uh Harry Sullivan, I liked him, especially how frustrated uh uh Sarah Jane would get get with him when he'd call her old girl. Uh, Romano <laughs> or old thing, old thing, yeah, yeah, old thing or old girl, yeah. He had uh, a very PG Woodhouse style of dialogue for that character. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yes, he, he was kind of more of a, more of a, a Victorian type character, you know, a little beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, Romano one, I mean, she was a great character, and when we get to the the key to time, she's a very important character to that. But I, I, like I said, I don't think she was as good as Romano two. I like Tegan. I always like Tegan. I mean, sometimes she got a little. Stroppy, irritating, <laughs> <laughs> and and of course there was the left for a couple of episodes and came back and all that. But um, Mickey, I like Ricky. Mickey, I like you know I like did like him, but he was kind of a supporting second tier companion. Really, uh, Strax was just Strax. He was just he was just fun. Can I blow things up now? Um, that was that was boy. basically his approach to life. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> I'm a girl. No, you're not. You're a boy. <laughs> Nardole was another fun character. I, re- I really didn't like him as, as much. Maybe others might, but he, he was a fun character. And then Dan, I, I did like Dan. I do like Dan. I don't know what's going to happen with Dan going forward, but I, I do like what we've seen from him so far. But again, not a really strong companion. D-level, you got, this is, this is where the rants are going to start, but uh, Turlo is ugh, just, I hated the character because, of course, he comes in and he's he's trying to actually, you know, help destroy the doctor and all that. And that, and that he really doesn't re- that character really isn't improved in my opinion. I'm not a fan of the Potter Noster gang, Jenny and Vastra. I just, I'm not a fan of them. I really have never been. They're kind of irritating and I really don't know if they should be considered companions technically anyways, but uh, Mel screamer. I mean, just, she, she's annoying. I, I've always found Mel annoying bill. Kinda, I, I don't know. I just, she wasn't that strong of a character to me. She really wasn't. I've been on record saying I don't like Clara. I oh, have never so liked Clara. Oh, we have to Clara. go now. <laughs> yeah, I have been on record of saying that I don't like Clara, and I don't like Clara, and I still don't like Clara. So we'll move on from that. Uh, but she's yeah. so cute. No, just kidding. Oh well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> not well, she's hot, dude. Yeah, there's 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 a couple of these characters that they're they're not they're on the list only because they're cute, and she's one of them. Another one's coming up in the F tier. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah, I just I wasn't impressed with her when they brought her on, and the development of the character really didn't help. Ryan is so flat as a character, I, you know. It's too bad too because the guy's he's a good actor. It's just the character is not a good character. Um, and then we get to F, Adric, backstabber, lows with the wind, just annoying. Enough said. Chameleon, just 
it was a fail of a character. I mean, just in general. And of course, we, we've you know, talked about it briefly here before is it literally was a robot that stopped working. So they had to write it out. Um, well, in part because the guy who programmed it died in a motorboat accident and didn't leave documentation. Oh, see, I didn't know the, the behind the scenes on that. But yeah, so always I just important knew, to document. <laughs> yeah, always document. Learn that as a programmer. Perry, the only reason why she's on this list is because she's cute. I mean, <laughs> she's just terrible character. Adam Mitchell, same thing you said, Dom, just not not good, just jerk. And Captain Jack, just I never liked that character either. I, I never liked how he was written. I never liked what he stood for, what he meant. Fail. Okay. Very good. So uh, interesting to see the, the areas where we uh, concur and where we differ uh, as usual. And uh, so uh, I don't have much to add to that. I think um, I think it's a pretty good um, expression of and that's the thing is these are expressions of our how we mm-hmm. approach Doctor Who in many ways. So and I think that's a pretty good uh, expression of your approach to Doctor Who and your history with it. So yep. good. All right. So, well, that uh, take that one down, and we'll bring up Jimmy's ranking, and we'll 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 hear from Jimmy. So Jimmy, what do you? How do you rank them? Okay, so uh, I don't have an unfamiliar one per se because I've seen you know all of them, but I do have a. A, my bottom category is for too short, not a full companion or other. And these are for people who were there too little time to get an impression of what they would have been like as an ongoing companion or people I didn't consider full companions or for some other reason. So on this list, I have Katarina from The First Doctor and also uh, Sarah Kingdom from The First Doctor. The Katarina was written in in one story and written out in the next. Sarah Kingdom is in just one story, although it is a big one. It's the Daleks' master plan, so that's a you know a twelve parter. And and of the two, I'd like to see more both. Um, I'd like to see more of Katarina. I mean, she sacrificed her life for the Doctor. She's the first companion, and I think maybe the only companion to actually do that. Um, in order to save the doctor specifically, she she sacrificed herself. Sarah Kingdom is is a wonderful character. I love Jean Marsh who plays her. I would love to see more Sarah Kingdom, but they're both just in one story, so I put them on this tier. Grace Holloway from the Eighth Doctor's TV movie never left Earth with him, so she's she's a one shot movie companion. As far as I'm concerned, not an ongoing one. So I I don't rank her for that reason. Adam Mitchell is in two stories. He's only a companion for like one. Um, and he's immediately ejected. And he is he he is someone you don't like, but that's because he's written that way. Um, he's written to be deliberately unlikable and be a failed companion. And it is clear to me that Russell T. Davies never intended him to be an ongoing companion. So I'm not going to treat him as an ongoing companion. He was written to be a, a deliberate one-shot failure. Um, Mickey, I wouldn't really count as a companion, but as a supporting character. Jack, same thing. Captain Jack is a supporting character to me, not a companion. Wilf, although he is a companion in the end of time, the Tenth Doctor's um, regeneration story, that's a single story. And so Wilf is a, really a supporting character. 
who then becomes a one-shot companion, but I'm not counting one-shot companions. Kate Stewart is another supporting character to me. So are Vastra and Jenny, whose relationship that they constantly have to bring up is annoying. Strax, I love as a character. I think Strax is hilarious, but he's not a companion. He's a supporting character. Handles is not only a a one-shot thing, it's a joke. So it's not a regular companion. And Osgood is not a regular companion. So moving up to the regular companions at F tier, these are the companions I actively dislike. And this has nothing to do with the actors. It's because of the way they were written or what was going on in the show. But fourth doctor, fifth doctor companion, Adric, right there. I actually have some sympathy for Matthew Waterhouse, the actor who played him, but this character is actively annoying. Uh, Chameleon is actively annoying. Perry, I like Nicola, uh, Nicola Bryant, but her character, especially in the beginning, it gets better at the end. In Mind, Mind Warp is a different kettle of fish, but most of her run is characterized by her being a whiny brat to and to a bratty doctor. And that just makes her unlikable. Um, I mean, I like the person, but I, it, part of what I did in, in thinking about these ranks is would I want to watch a new episode or how much would I want, would I want to watch a new episode featuring this character? And unless they took a radically different approach with Perry, I wouldn't particularly be interested in revisiting this character. Then jumping to the 13th Doctor, I also put each of these tiers in chronological order, so I'm working my way through them. Coming to the 13th Doctor, Ryan and Yaz, F tier, actively dislike Ryan, not as much as, say, some of the, not as much as Adric, but Ryan just complains and sucks his thumb. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Yaz is the greatest woman ever, but we never see that. We only hear exposition telling us that. And 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 that just both of these characters are just don't do anything that makes them admirable. And so that and and yet they're we're told they're so great and it's like no you you don't get, just get to say somebody is a great character and that's not going to make me like them you need to show me they're a great character and that hasn't been done here moving up to d tier the uh this is a little misleading because you would think d is also dislike but i don't actually dislike these characters um, I just am not as excited about them as others. But on D tier, I would include Third Doctor Companions Captain Yates and Sergeant Benton. I like them both. Um, I like Sergeant Benton a little more. He's 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 has a more pleasant disposition. Captain Yates is a little more peppery, but I I like them both. Also, I like Turlow. Um, I because I've seen his whole story arc not just the opening trilogy where he's working for the Black Guardian. But, you know, I so I don't actively dislike him. I like him, but I'm not particularly excited to watch a new episode if they made one with Turlow. Then we come to C tier, which is the tier I used as a default for companions, unless I had reason to move them up or down from C tier. And I have at C tier, so this is pure average companion. Like them, but still average. 
Um, first Doctor Companion Vicky, First Doctor Companion Stephen, Second Doctor Companion Victoria, who shows actually more agency than she gets credit for. Actually, oh, this is a little bit out of order. Uh, first Doctor Companion Dodo, who is not widely regarded in fandom, but I think that's because a lot of people haven't seen her episodes. When you actually watch her, she's pleasant. She is a pleasant companion. She's she's nice. Um, so I I I didn't want to dock Dodo for for anything. I thought she was a good average companion. Also, first and second Doctor companions Ben and Polly, I'd put on this level. The Brigadier, I'd put on this level, as I would Liz Shaw. Joe Grant, Romana One, um, bringing us up to the fourth Doctor's time. Nissa, despite the fact I liked Nissa growing up, in looking at Nissa on rewatch, I just say she's average. Um, she's a little. I, I I appreciate her kind of regal demeanor, but she's so restrained that she doesn't really pop, you know, off the screen as a companion. Um, Tegan pops more, but can be a little annoying. So I <laughs> consider her average too. Mel, I like, I like a lot, but I still think she's just average. Bill, I by and large like, but still average. Graham of all of the initial 13th Doctor companions, I would say is average. I could put him higher if he had more screen time, mm. but he is competing with two other much more annoying characters. And so I just put him on the average tier. And then Dan, I would also put on the average tier. Um, He's enjoyable to watch. I'd be up for watching more of him. Unfortunately, the price tag of that is you've got to watch the 13th Doctor and yes. (laughs) Um, So he's just average to me. Moving up to the B tier. So this is companions I think are above average for my personal, you know, enjoyment pleasures. Uh, Susan. And in fact, of all the characters on this list, even though I think she's a, only above average as a character. I would very much want to see a new episode with her mm. to tie up the loose end. I shall come back, my dear. I mean, come on, tie that up on screen. I mean, it's been done <laughs> in big finish, but tie that up on screen while the actress is still alive. Mm-hmm. But in terms of enjoyment factor, I'd, I'd say she's B tier. I'd also put Harry Sullivan on B tier. I'd love to see more of him. Um, K-9 is B-tier for me, so is Romana 2, and so is um, Martha Jones. I I think Martha Jones is above average, but not at my top. Nardole, I would put on B-tier, as I would Clara. I think they're both above average, but I wouldn't put them on the top. Then we move up to A-tier. For A-tier, from the first Doctor, I have Ian and Barbara. Although, if I split them, I would rank Ian higher. I also have second Doctor companion Zoe, who is a lot of fun and is very smart and will challenge the Doctor. Uh, then I have Sarah Jane Smith because of personality. but And, and Sarah is actually one I could put down on B tier. Um, I'm not I, – I put her on A, but I could be argued out of that. And then Rose, I also put on A tier. I think she's a, she's a very good companion. She helped uh, give the series a new successful launch with her two seasons. Um, but she's not someone that I would put as a superior companion. So then we get to the superior companions at the very top. Second Doctor companion, Jamie. Mm. 
Fourth Doctor companion, Leela. I love watching Leela, and not just because she's hot in that leather thing she wears. <laughs> I, she, I, I really enjoy her attitude and her sort of Pygmalion, you know, Eliza Doolittle-like character and how she will stand up to the Doctor and do what she thinks is in the Doctor's best, best interest, whether the Doctor wants her to or not. Ace, same thing. Seventh Doctor companion, she will blow stuff up. And whether the doctor wants her to or not, and she's a lot of fun. In New Who, 10th Doctor Companion, Donna Noble. Outstanding. Would love to see more of her, and fortunately, we will be seeing more of yep. her in the near future. Yes. Also, uh, 10th, 11th, and 12th Doctor Companion, River Song. Love watching River. Love listening to the Big Finish audios in the Diary mm-hmm. of River Song. Also, I would put on this level her parents, Amy and Rory. If 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 someone said to me, we've we've discovered new episodes with Amy and Rory, you want to watch them? Yeah, I would want to watch them. If I did split the companions, I would break in favor of Rory because of how he matured as a character. And as the Amy became Dr. Junior, Rory became the audience surrogate. He became the everyman through who, who was relatable that we could understand the series through. Mm. So those are my rankings. Yeah, I you know, speaking of would I like to see them again, when we had the the uh the lockdown Doctor Who lockdown specials mm-hmm. and then we we got the one with Rory, I just I was so excited. I just yeah. mm-hmm. it was so little, but it was so exciting to have a new Rory. And so yeah, I I, I agree with that. Yeah. Incidentally, if you haven't seen it, there's also a lockdown with Osgood and Zygon Osgood. Oh, I didn't see oh, that. Yeah. Must have um, missed that one, yeah. So the interesting thing is that having gone through all of these with the with the with you guys, uh, I might change some of mine. A lot of mine were with when I do things like this, I tend not to be analytical so much as instinctual. Mm-hmm. And I go I go through it quickly and then I then I don't fiddle with it because if I fiddle with it I'll be really upset and I'll start, I'll, I'll get get annoyed and then I'll yeah. <laughs> be all wrong. Uh so but going through these with you guys I might move some of mine around a little bit. Um I I might put Rose a little higher and I might even put Martha a little higher uh having talked about it. Uh but yeah, I I in general I'm I'm pretty happy with my listing and mm-hmm. I think it's it's interesting to, again like I said it shows where we are in you know how we how we first mm-hmm. came to Doctor Who, wh- you know, which companions were the ones we first saw, or who we've seen the most, and so I really appreciate that. You know, one thing I, you mentioned, Jimmy, about seeing more Amy and Rory, and I'd love to see that too. The only problem is, is now with Karen Gillan having a fairly successful movie career, I doubt she <laughs> oh, yeah. would do either Doctor Who or Big Finish. You know, yeah, yeah, it's too bad. Although she was off heard off screen in that lockdown special. Mm-hmm. She, she, that was her uh, in audio yelling at Rory from from off screen. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's round things out by talking a little bit about the future. What companions? What type of companions would we like to see in the future? And um, I suppose since I went first with my rankings, I'll, I'll just throw a few things out there. And also because I have the least uh, experience with Doctor Who. But I'll, I'll throw a few things out. I'd like to see more historical people. I'd like to see more people from different time periods, like we had with Jamie and Victoria, um, mm-hmm. or from the future, like we had with, with Zoe, like you mentioned. Um, I want definitely want fewer romantic interests. Mm. Please. Let's have the doctor. Like, it just has gotten kind of boring. Like, every time a new companion shows up, is this going to be another romantic interest for the doctor? It, it's been done. Um, I... 
I really like the kinds of companions that Graham and Wilf were because they brought such an, a different perspective. They're not 20-something young people from England. They're mm-hmm. older, you know, and they had different life experiences. And so bringing in people, companions who have had different life experiences or like um, Graham's wife, who was Grace. briefly there, Grace, um, would have also been an interesting companion if mm-hmm. she'd had more time. Just people with different backgrounds and different life experiences to, to bring something new to the to the TARDIS. Um, and also, and I think this kind of goes with what I said earlier, more alien slash future people. I just really want to see, like I said, a, a, more variety is really my watchword. Um, how about you, Father Corey? What do you think? I, I agree a lot with what you, what you said. You know, when, when th- having a little more diversity insofar as not everybody is you know 20 year old you know people from the uk you know having having historical figures having people from other planets having people that are older you know that's one thing that graham and dan both bring to the show was a perspective of somebody who was a bit older um i was thinking too you know that there'd be an opportunity for you know talking about like closing out the story with susan well what about a regenerated susan Mm. Where you know you you finish up with Carol Ann Ford and regenerates into you know the next next version of Susan. You'll have that even for just a short time for a couple of stories or something like that. You know, kind of exploring other options for for companions that do more the traditional. I, I I'd like to see another Ace type character, you know, or something like that. You know, uh, somebody who is more self self sufficient but doesn't try to become. Dr. Junior, although, you know, of course, you look at the extended story of Ace, she does end up going on to the Time Lord Academy and all that, you know, but as she is on TV, she's not trying to be Dr. Junior. She's just trying to be somebody who likes to blow things up, you know, (laughs) right? right. you know, but somebody like that or Leela or, you know, something more along that character. And I I definitely agree with, you know, the the romantic relationship. We're we're so done with that. That, That's so 2005. I mean, we we moved (laughs) past that. (laughs) Right, right. How about you, Jimmy? Um, I also would want more diversity in the demographic sense of let's get people who aren't just females from 21st century Earth. Um, I'm sure we will continue to have those, but I don't think we – I don't think we need the extreme focus that we've had on that or even humans from present-day Earth. I'd like to see – humans from other planets. I'd like to see humans from the future and the past, and I'd like to see non-humans. So I'd like to see more diversity in that respect. I do not want more quote-unquote representation. Mm -hmm. There's, there's, and, and that goes along with, I especially don't want representation romances with the doctor. Um, Now, Russell T. Davies is going to have some of that, in his show, hopefully, and I think it's likely he won't have as much as Chris Chibnall. Chris Chibnall seemed to be much more political than Russell T. Davies was. And so I think that, that Russell T. Davies will pull back. I don't expect the companions to be perfect. I just hope that they don't fall off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's a good, good way of putting it. So, I think as we wrap things up, I just, uh, you know, last we get our last thoughts in here. Uh, I, I, it's a lot of fun to kind of go through these sorts of uh, episodes, not just because it's a special 300th episode, but 
it kind of resets our our expectations, understandings of where the doctor is. In I mean, not only did we have you know twenty something years. 27 years of classic who we're approaching 20 years of new who i mean mm. we're we're you know it's not gonna be long before we start passing it in in age and so there's a lot of doctor who to consider and so getting these opportunities to kind of reset and re-understand how how it exists within its own universe is a lot of fun and and very useful so um any last thoughts father Corey? nope i think this was a this is a good thought exercise this was fun and encourage our uh listeners to do the same you know do their own yeah. lists yeah, and send us the 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 list. I'd love to see them. Uh, Jimmy, how about you? Last thoughts? Oh no, there's nothing you can do to prevent the catharsis of spurious morality. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we before we go, we want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create. The Secrets of Doctor Who, including J.S., Kim L., Laura M., Martin B., and Sailing L. Uh, you're our companions for this episode. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Doctor Who and all the shows at StarQuest, and you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And we'd also like to thank Victor Lambs, who edited this episode for us. So that's it from us. What did you think of our 300th episode in our rankings of the Companions? You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com, the Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page. You can send an email to Who at sqpn.com or visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. And you can certainly post your rankings there if you want. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the seventh Doctor story, Curse of the Fenric. Until then, Father Cory Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the Secrets of Doctor Who. Well, thank you, Dom. Jimmy Aiken, thank you as well. Thanks, Tom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who on Star Quest. And remember, it's bigger on the inside.